You know, we've been living a time where being a Christian is much challenging. Do you agree with that? Being a Christian is much harder and harder. And if you observe closely what's happening today, our faith has been questioned. Many more people are more skeptical, questioning our faith, what our belief. Not only that, even in our church, people have become lover of themselves, become self-sufficient. Because of the riches that they have in their mind, they don't need God. Sino mayaman dito? Taas kamay. O kasi mahihirap kayo. Many of us, we thought that, you know, if we have a big bank account, we have sufficiency. Or we have reached certain level of our career. And we think that we don't need God. There's so much challenges that the church or even Christianity are, being fa- are facing today. One is re- 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 relativism. What, that, what does it mean? What's true to me might not be true to you. Truth has become subjective. It's no longer absolute. Do you believe in God? Okay, you believe in God. I don't believe in God. So, bahala na kayo. Ganun. That's what's happening today. And today also, we see that love is being redefined. Redefined out of context. Ask the person beside you, what is love? Ask the person, what is love? What is love? And if you just Google it, there's so many definitions, and some of them are not biblical at all. Not only that, in our time today, there's more false teachers, heretical teachers that's so rampant, influencing people's life. People are easily swayed by their own desire. Let me read in 2 Timothy 4, 3. It says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, that they will accumulate themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And this is what's happening in our churches today. You know, there's a brother of mine. I used to work in the company, and he's a Christian. He told me that his church in the Philippines suffered because of a church split. What happened? Certain teaching crept into his church, into their church. The church was, used to, was um, a, a vibrant before. They're doing a lot of things, and then this teaching, the hyper-grace teaching, came into the t- church. What does the hyper teaching? Hypergrace teaching, he says that you don't need to repent. Ayan yung tinuturo ng hypergrace. So that teaching went into their church back in the Philippines, and what happened? The church split. Nag-away-away, nagkakampi-kampihan. And there's so much things happening today that we should be aware of. You see, there are more things that the church will face. Just watch and listen and look at the news. And I pray that the Living Word Fellowship, we must be aware on how we should respond when issues and situations will begin to knock at our door. We must be ready. We must be alert. We must be watchful. We must never think, we must never ever think that we can do it by ourselves, that it will not happen to us. We must be watchful. But rather, As a church, we should always come to the Lord humbly saying, Lord, guide us, help us. We know what lies ahead. It's very challenging. But we know, God, 
you will protect your church and you will build your church. Today, as we've been continuing in reading John, we'll be looking in the second letter. And in this last second letter, who is, he was speaking to a church that was struggling because of church split of, of false teaching. And if you look at here in this text, you see how John was giving them encouragement and ways that, that they, will, they, will, they will do to prevent any church split or false teaching to come into the church. And I pray that as we look in this text today, we will learn how we should respond. Because what John wants to have in this church as he speaks is to have a church that is intact. Sabi mo, intact. Intact means unbroken, undamaged, and unharmed. And I've entitled this sharing, and this is my prayer, that living word will be a church that's intact, a church that's established in truth, a church that's established in love. And we'll be reading from Second John, and it's a whole, we'll be reading the whole book, and invite all of us to stand as we read Second John chapter 1, verse 1 to 13. Let's read together. Keeping the church intact, truth, and love. Let's read together. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that advides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such a one is a deceiver and antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greetings. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. I pray, O oh God, for your Holy Spirit to make your word clear, easy to understand, but also easy for us to be applied in our lives. Salamat, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just turn to the person beside you and tell a church that's intact. Hindi blue tak, ha? Intact. Intact. Unmovable. 
You know, the, the text that we have read is a short letter, one of the shortest book in the Bible. It's a very short letter, and you can notice how, notice how it, that his, the format is written. It, we can easily see how it's, it's the breakdown is. Look at this. In verse 1 to 4 is salutation and thanksgiving. In verse 5 to 11 is exhortation, where you see John was exhorting to them and highlighting to action or to instruction or commandment that they should do. First is what? To love one another, which is found in verse 5 to 6. And then in verse 7 to 11, he's telling them and giving them that warning. The warning what? Because they will be deceiver that will try to teach him false teaching, denying who Jesus is. And then in verse 12 and 13, John made his conclusion. And you notice how he concludes. Ang sweet, no? Hopefully to be with you. So if you look at this text, compared to the other te- message, parang ano to eh? SMS. Short and sweet. But even though it's short and sweet, this, if you look at this, this message, the content of it is full of wisdom, full of, full of um, rich truth in which we ought to abide and look into. Now, if you read the first section, in verse 1 to 4, we can easily identify to whom it was written and the relationship that the writer have towards this person. Look at verse 1. It says here, the elder to the elect lady, the elder is John, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. So the letter is sent to who? To the sino si elect lady? Parang hirap elect lady, but wala bang pangalan yan? Elect lady, why, why? Elect lady, and then and her children. Now I have done my study. Who is this elect lady? Why, why use this name? Elect lady can be interpreted in two ways. Scholars suggest some of them said this elect lady and her children is a literal meaning. A literal person and her children. A probably a prominent person who is known in the church, who is holding certain position, kaya Alexia and her children have certain influence. One interpretation is in this text. Another interpretation, this elect lady and her children is figuratively. It's a figurative um, expression. John was using symbolic. The elect lady refers to a house church refers to a house church. At that time, there's no big churches. There's no mega churches. Where they would meet, it's in small churches. Mga 20 sila sa loob ng bahay. Hindi sila katulad natin. Ilan tayo ngayon? Mga 100? At those times, they would gather in homes, kaya house churches. So it says here, to the elect lady. And the children represents, represents the member of the church. So ngayon, if you look at this, to John, writing to the elect lady, and I would suggest, and many scholars suggest, that John was writing to a specific house church, to a specific member. I was studying, sabi ko, sino ba tong elect? But it was, when I was looking at it, many said, John was writing in a figurative way, that he was addressing a house church with the members who are going through a tough time because of the false teaching in their midst. And notice here, 
when if you ponder it, one 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 statement sabi nolon is is why would John write to a person he don't know? Normally, if you write letters, dear diary, you know, normally you put names. And you look that in Paul, in some of the writing, you put names. Now, if I, I give you an example. If I will write to my wife, what should I do? What should I write? Dear lady of block 325B, Sumangwok. Should I write that way? If I'm going to write love letter to my wife, dear lady, blah, blah, blah. Or should I write, dear sweetheart? So obviously, I will write something, dear Iwo Jima. So in here, some said, some scholar, he was using lady and the children to symbolize the church. And notice here and also here that John have a pastoral heart, that he loves the church and he said, I love you in truth. And that in later verses, he was expressing his thanksgiving knowing that some of them were walking in truth. And you see how he ended the letter? He said, I wish I be, can be with you so that my joy will be complete. In all these things, you will see how John was pastoring the church, how he was caring for the church, loving the church. And if you continue on after that greetings and, and, and thanksgiving, we read in verse 5 to 11 is his exhortation on how to live and to be warned of false teacher. Now, if we look closely in this letter, you will notice few statements or keywords that's repeated many times, that's intentionally and purposely used. And there's two words that's mentioned several times. Let me show you. The two words is this, truth and Hindi truth or there, ha? Truth and love. Why truth and love? Let's look at the word truth. See, the word truth is aletheia. It is used 55 times in the New Testament. And half of this is found in John's letter. In 1 John, 16 times. In 2 John, it was written 5 times. In 3 John, it was written 3 times. Now, you must understand that John was writing to a church that was experiencing a lot of false teaching. So, to address that issue, to address and to battle the falsehood that they've been listening, John has to keep on reminding them the importance of truth. The truth must be taught and must be preached. That's why it's emphasizing the importance of truth. Now, ask the person beside you, what is truth? Hindi false. What is truth? In the scripture, some writers have a different meaning of truth. Paul might have a different meaning when John wrote truth. But to John, this is truth to him. To John, truth is more than a doctrinal, intellectual understanding. Let me repeat. To John, truth is more than a doctrinal or intellectual understanding. 
To John, truth means more than correct precept or unorthodox teaching or rules or command. To John, truth is about a life. Listen here. Truth is about a life that centers around Jesus Christ, His life, and His teaching. Now, if you look closely in our context, when he repeated truth, you see he was emphasizing about Jesus Christ, his life, and his, his teaching. Because the false teachers were going against denying that Jesus is God, denying and nullifying. He said, Jesus is not Lord. He's never been God. So John had to emphasize this. And when he said truth, he's telling them that Jesus, he's telling them about the life, of who Jesus is, his life is his teaching. Now look at this in 2 John 1, verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ. Confess the coming of Jesus Christ. And then in 2 John 1, 9, everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, first is the personhood of Jesus, and the second is the teaching of of Jesus Christ. So when John wrote in this context, in this chapter, he was speaking about the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus Christ, his life, and his teaching. Ang haba na explanation. Why? Because if you deny Jesus as Lord and Savior, you deny his deity, you will deny his teaching. If you deny his teaching, you're not living truth. If you're not living truth, you live in falsehood. So you see, but if you recognize Him as the Lord of Lord, God, you will have reverence to His Word. And the way you live will be according and aligned to His Word. That's why it's connected. Therefore, I would like to present to you, this lead us to the first point. For the church to be intact and move, we ought to live in truth. To keep the church intact, we ought to live in truth. Let me read verse 4 and 6 to you. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. This is love. That we, are walk, that we walk according to His commandment. Look at this. Three times the word walk is used here. Three times walking in truth, walking according to His commandments, walking in it. Now, another word of walk is life. To live. Walking in truth means to, to live in truth. Living in truth is an act out that we what we profess is true. It means to conduct one's life according to God's commandment. It means that we what we are believing that if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, then our life will be aligned to His teaching, into His ways, imitating Him, following Him. But the question is this, brothers and sisters: Are we living in truth today? Tanong mo sa atabi mo: Are you living in truth today? Let me give you some points. How can we check whether we're living in truth? First is this. Are we living in abiding in Jesus? 
Are we living and growing in our love for Jesus? Are we growing in knowing Christ? Are we drawn to Him more? Or are we drawn by the world? Is the books that we read, is the, is, is the wa- videos that we will watch, honors God? Are we living or abiding in Him? The Bible says, abide in Him. If we want to live in truth, ask ourselves if our heart is growing deeper in love with Jesus. If not, maybe you have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, my heart has gone cold. I have not loved you as I used to be. Second test that whether we are living in truth is this. Are we living under the control and guidance of the Holy Spirit? I believe the Holy Spirit, if you're walking and living by the Spirit, the Spirit of God will convict you. See areas in your life that you need to repent and confess. I believe the Spirit of God will also bring encouragement. The Scripture says the Spirit did not give you spirit of timidity, love, power, and sound mind. You will not be helpless, but you will be victorious when you face situation in your life. Because the Spirit of God is power, sound, and love mind. How are you living each day? Alam ko mahirap ang boss nyo. Are you living in mahirap ang boss? Ay, ayokong pumasok. How are you responding? Are you living in truth? If you decide to live in truth, check whether you're walking in the spirit and not abiding in the flesh. Are you listening to his voice? Boys, the still small voice is, you know, how do you know it's the Spirit of God speaking to you? It's always aligned in His Word. It's always aligned in His Word. Hindi nagko-contradict yan. They never contradict. There's a question, how do you know discernment? How do you know it's discernment? How do you know? You know, it's, 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 being, it's not an instant thing. Parang, it's not an instant thing. It's a process of knowing a person. I give you an example. I know what my wife don't like and don't likes. I know that she don't like. Ano bang? Okay. I know that she don't like makalat. Mess in the house. She don't like. Everything in the house is a mess. She don't like. But when we first get married, I'm always in a mess. But you know what she does? She throws many things. Habang wala ako. But as I get to know her, I know slowly the things that she like and dislike. Now, if you're walking in His Word... And knowing what he likes, what God likes, and what he prefers, what he wants us to pursue. And as you walk and abide in the work of the Spirit and seek the Holy Spirit, you will discern as you grow matured in faith. You begin to know what the Lord wants. Another aspect here, if you're walking in truth, is that we are, we are rejecting our sinful lifestyle. Is there any errors in our life that need to be cut off? 
need to be surrendered before God? Is there any things that we have been watching in the middle of the night that the Lord don't want us to watch? Is there any areas in our life that God said, well, the God's telling us, stop that. Is there any in our life that God wants us to stop? If you want to live in truth, there are things that God will pierce and tell us, don't do that anymore. Don't do that. See? Who among you have nothing to reject? Ibig sabihin, ambait nyo. But I do believe all of us, there's errors in our life that God wants to surrender before Him so that we may be changed. Another word here, how do we know that we're living in truth? We're living in truth when we live according to God's Word. It's all connected, living according to God's Word. But let me show this quote. This quote that I'm, I'm challenged and being reminded. It says here, So many Christians with good theology are tempted to believe that knowing the truth and obeying the truth are the same thing. So many Christians with good theology are tempted to believe that knowing the truth and obeying the truth are the same thing. You may know it's right, but not doing it is a different thing. Do you agree? Let me give you an example. You know that it's right. You know it is right to serve and use your life to serve God. You know. You agree. Yeah, it's good to serve. But deep in your heart, you said, no, you don't serve at all. You know, but yet you don't act. Another aspect here, you know that church is important. That a community of believers, that you have to be part of a church. That's why when the Lord saved us, God placed us in a body so we, we will grow. Now, if you believe and understand that it's important to be part of a community of believers, to grow in a church, you believe that in your mind. You believe that in your mind. But yet, you don't involve yourself. You just know you don't really obey the truth. I said this early in the morning. Sabi ko, ang dami niyo ah. From here to there. Kaganin dumating sa umaga service. Sabi ko, wow. Pag may East Coast, pupunta kayo sa church. I said this morning, I mean, Let's be, I want to talk love. We, you, I love the church, you love, you know. But let's be frank. Pupunta ka lang sa church pag may East Coast, pag wala, MIA ka. Baka mamaya nakasimangot ka pag punta mo sa, church, sa East Coast mamaya. Ah. Hindi mo na ako babatiin. No, let's just be, we, we all have to encourage each other to walk in the truth. Therefore, as a church, for a church to be intact, we are called to live in truth. Say, live in truth. Live in truth. Secondly, we are called to live in love. Ito mga mga in love dyan, mga favorite nyo dyan. To keep the church intact, we are to live in love. Let me read verse 5 to 6. It says here, Now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I'm writing to you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. Now the word as 
is not a word like uh, pwede ba? Ganyan. It's not a, a soft word. The word as is urging. There's a sense of request, a sense of demand with urgency. The word there. Now I ask you, the church, to what? To love one another. Now look at this statement. John is emphasizing that love one another is not something that he made of, but it's something that has been taught to them ever since. I'm not sure what's happening in the church at the time. I think probably this, this leadership, the church was frustrated with some people who left, who caused some problem in the church. But what John was telling, him, telling them, continue to love one another. Now, let's first define what's love. What's love? You know what's love? The word in Greek there is agape. It means voluntary, self-sacrificing action on behalf of others. It's voluntary and self-sacrificing on behalf of others. Not wanting, I love you because I can get something, but it's a sacrifice. Now, that's what John's saying. He said, love one another. It's a very heavy weight. It's a call to serve and to give sacrificially. Now, I believe it's hard to love one another. It's so hard to love the person beside you. Just look at the person beside you. Ang hirap mahalin yan. It's very hard. You know why? Because our nature is this. Our nature is self-centered. Our nature is that we are selfish in nature. In our fleshly nature, we tend to do the opposite. We want to put our interests first. We want to put our wants first. We want to put our desires first. We want to put ourselves first. Kaya mahirap magmahal ng iba because we always think for ourselves. Yet John appealing to them, not just simply John, but it was from God that this commandment is made to love one another. But what it made it harder is look at verse 6. Let me show you verse 6. And this love that we walk according to His commandment. You look at that. And this love that we walk according to His commandment. Now He's saying that if you're going to love, if as you love, you are doing God's commandment. This verse means to love one another is to obey God's commandment. And obedience is not an option or preference or idea. But it's a command that we should all follow. See, John defines love. John defines love not as an, a sentiment or emotion or feeling. But John defines love as an obedience to God's command. To love one another is not just a feeling. He's looking here. If you look at the text, he's saying that to love one another is not just a feeling, that gushy feeling. It's a command. It's related to the obedience to God's command. Therefore, we cannot say, we cannot say this, I follow God's commandment, but I'm not loving. We cannot say that you know you are living in truth, but at the same time, you're not loving others. Kailangan mo ang truth and love together. If you don't do it, 
there will be contradiction. You know, mahirap kung marami kang alam sa Bible. You know a lot of things about the Bible. But the problem is this. Everyone is your enemy. Have you experienced people with that? Have you know people who have so many things, who know a lot of things about the Scripture? He can debate to you, but it, it seems that lahat ay kaaway. Yung worship team, yung ushering team, yung pastor. Is it truth? I believe as you grow deeper in God's Word, you're not just intellectual, but God also transforms your heart. And you know what? Transformation of heart, you will follow Jesus' life. What is Jesus' life? You notice how He lives. Humble and meek. He knows. He reached out. See, truth and love always goes hands and hands are inseparable. You cannot have truth and not love. Some people have so much truth, pero kaaway lahat. Some people have so much love, but the love definition of love is distorted because he don't know what's the meaning of truth. So I believe these sisters and brothers, obedience to God's commandment is a sure test of our love to Him. Our obedience to God's commandment is a test of our love to Him. You know, the hardest and the greatest thing that we can ever do is to love others. Madali ba magmahal ng iba? Nasa likod dyan, madali bang mahalin yung kaibigan mo dyan katabi mo? It's hard to love others because it's not our nature. You know, it's easy to love people that we like. It's easy to love people that's good to you. But it's hard to love people that's so unlovable. Have you experienced? Darating lang sa church, nakikita mo lang siya parang ayaw mo na. You know, it's so hard to love people that hurts you. Hard to forgive. It's very hard to love people who disappoint you. Have you ever been disappointed by a brother or sister na usaming pautang pero after 15 years? It's so hard to love people who gossip about you. It's so hard to love people who gossip about you. It's so hard to love people who have an issue with you. It's so hard to love people that you don't trust. But you know what the Lord, the God says in here? Love one another. And as I look at this, it, it, it can never be done by our own self. It can only be happened with a supernatural help. It can only happen when God would transform our heart, when the Holy Spirit would change us from inside out so that we may love each other in the way Christ had loved others. Now let me give you some practical ways how to love one another. One is this, by avoiding discrimination or prejudice. I, I'm telling you right now, Living Word Fellowship 
will always, all of us equal, hindi office worker or house worker, no. I will always say here, living more fellowship will never be divided by status. All of us here will be equal. We will not have that prejudice. To love one another, we have to accept people. How they look, how they behave, their frailty. Not all of them are perfect. None of us are perfect. Yung bad breath nila, okay lang. We have to love them, embrace them, not their sin. If they sin you, you just have to help them pick up themselves. You have to minister, minister to them. We're going to love people. We're going to love people by helping them. I know a group here, a ministry here have, um, have raised funds to support, uh, support a, a pastor back sa Pilipinas. And now they're raising funds to, to help Sabra. They are willing to help. And I thank God because even though I'm not there, they're still doing it because they love. How can we love one another when we begin to listen to each other? Listen. Oftentimes, we don't want to listen. When people have a problem, we, the person up, approach you, what we will do? We will answer, Alamo sister, this is what you do. Sometimes a person just wants a, a person that would listen. I attended a seminar, a pastoral meeting, and one of the pastors was complaining about the next generation, the youth. And I was there. The, the, the pastor was a little bit old and a few of us in our group. So what is the problem your church having? So I, I went to that and, and she said, you know, the youth is like this. The youth has no passion. Have no like this, have no like that. Uh, I was just listening, and 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 the youth never come to church. You talk to them like that. He's just burst, bursting his heart, and then he's complaining. The youth has no passion, not doing anything at all. Blah blah blah. blah so many things. So at the end, I asked, just simply ask him, "Have you sit down and listen to them?" Rather than nagging towards them, have you just take time to listen to what they're going through? Listen. To love is the ability to listen. Even your enemies. Even your enemies. To love is to refuse to, to judge. To love is to reach out. To love is to forgive each other. Living Word Fellowship, we know there's a lot of drama here. Ayan, nananood sa online. Maraming drama dito. But you know, in spite of that drama, we are growing in the Lord because God is teaching us to forgive. To love one another is to, to desire reconciliation. And there's one area I want to highlight. If you truly love one another, stop gossiping. Stop. And my wife sent this picture. How gossip works. Don't tell anyone. Sabi nung isa, don't tell anyone to the two. This two person told the other three, don't tell anyone. Then until to the point, the whole village know, don't tell anyone. And it's happening. If you have an issue with someone, go directly to that person. And just share your heart. 
the whole village no need to know. You don't need to post online or Facebook. Tapos sasabihin, pinagchichismisan ka. Inag-post ka kasi eh. If we love one another, cut it. If anyone approach you, Sarina, don't tell anyone, ha? Stay away. Because if you love that sister who will talk to you, if you love that sister not to sin, you stay away. If you don't want to hurt that person that they're going to talk about, stay away. Let's cut it off. Let's stop it. So if anyone said sa'yo, Secret natin to ha. Lumayo ka agad. Ikaw din masisikret nila. To keep the church intact, we have to love one another first. To love one another. And lastly, to love one another is to be watchful. Live in watchfulness. In here we see the context that there are deceivers. In verse 7, many deceivers has gone into the world those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ. Let's, don't, let's not be shocked that all these things are happening. But what we are called to do is to prepare ourselves. All these things already happened in the past. And even this time, it will be rampant. And what should we do? Watch ourselves. How can we watch ourselves? Beware. Be careful. Be on guard. Be alert. Take time to study God's Word. Really invest in your study, in theology, in doctrines. Wag mo sasabihin ang doctrine nakasira. No, it helps you understand His precepts. What is right and wrong. We must develop that discernment from what is, what is from God and from not. And not. Now, there is also a clear instruction here that John said. He says here, do not receive them into your house or give them any greeting. Parang, ay hirap naman nito, parang walang hospitality. Now, if you look and understand the context, the house there is a church, a house church. Do not receive them in a church or the house church that they were going through. It means do not give them public display of approval and support. You can still serve them, you can still eat with them, but don't allow them to just have that. They will call him and give them proper approval and support. Many years back, we have one time in our church, long, long, long time in our church, so YWCA, a few of them, a pastor who came and ministered to us. I'm not sure you still remember that. And then that minister would come and stand here. Instead of preaching, halfway, biglang kinuha ang guitar at kumanta at nag ng pera. You still remember that? There's one time, long time, that's a long time ago, that pastor would stand and still play guitar. You know, after the experience, I believe the pastoral team at church, elders and board, have made a decision that no one can just come up in this pulpit if we don't know that person, if we don't know his teaching, if we don't know his background. We're going to make sure that our pulpit is preaching the truth. Not just anybody. Because we want to preserve His truth. We need to be on guard. Not only in our church, but also in our homes. I want to address our parents here. There are things that your children are watching. 
that we are not in guarding of and they're being influenced their mind in their heart. You know, I tell you one story. One time I was doing my work so Bahai, and Levi was sitting down the floor and was having my phone and was playing Spotify. And I was doing my work and kasi nursery rhyme yung pinapatugtog niya. La, 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 yung nursery rhyme. Hindi yung heavy metal nursery rhyme. And I was listening and I was not just listening and suddenly my wife shouted at me, Hoy! Yun kami magtagawagan. Hoy! Kaya sweet. Hoy, pakinggan mo yung pinapakinggan ng anak mo. And I started to listen. It's a nursery song. And the lyrics goes like this. I'm so happy. I'm so happy with my two daddy. It's a nursery song and it's being played there and I was sitting down there doing my work and he's just listening and my wife has to tell me, be careful what they watch. And if we want, you know, the church is not a building or just this place. The church is also in our homes. We have to change our theology. Our church are also in our homes where we live. And we have to guard our home or what they've been watching and feeding. You know, you will not see all this false teacher coming to you like me, like this. Ang ganda ng suit. They, they will come like this. They will not come to you like dragon and itchura with long neck. And no, they will not come like that. They will come to you with enticing words. And we have to be careful of what they watch. And we need to ask God, God help us to discern what's from you and not. So brothers and sisters, we must be watchful. To keep the church intact, let me summarize. Live in truth. Say live in truth. Live in love. And live in watchfulness. And this morning, after I ended this sermon, somebody approached me. My kulang daw. Kulang to. And he said this. Live in faith. Bakit? Kinumbay mo daw yan. I just want, my prayer is just a church. Don't need to be big, not just a church with the Lord bless, but a church that will live in truth. Each one of us will grow in the knowledge of truth. A church that love one another. Just turn to the person, tell that person, I love you no matter what. Maging sino ka man. But at the same time, each one of us will watch each other. We will watch our children. We will watch our next generation. We will watch our homes. We will watch what's being preached here. But at the same time, we're going to live by faith. We don't know what's in front, but we know we're going to hold in His promises. And we know our God will build this church. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You. For this morning, this afternoon that you have brought us together, we humbly come to you. Knowing, Lord, that there's so much 
things that might happen in the future. And we might face a lot of challenges, Lord. False teaching may be so rampant nowadays. But Lord, I pray that you would preserve us. Lord, I pray that we will live in truth. That we will meditate on your word day and night. That we will not neglect your word. But we will feast in your word. As you change us. As you renew our mind. I'll pray, Lord, that you will also change our heart. That we will not be self-centered or self-seeking. But our hearts, Lord, were to follow your ways. To live a love, a life that's love, agape, sacrificial. Because you called us to follow you. And I also pray, Lord, that we will live in watchfulness. That we'll always be on guard in the things that we feed in our mind, in our heart. Influences that might creep in, Lord, in our homes, in our lives, in our families, in our church. And I pray with all these things, teach us to live by faith, to walk and to live and to trust in your promises, Lord. Lord, living word is yours. All of us are yours. Help us and lead us.
Lord, you see all of our hearts today. If our hearts have gone cold, have, have been far away from you, Lord, I pray that you revive our hearts. And Lord, let your love, Lord, change us, draw us to you. And we know, Lord, it is you, God, that would transform us from inside out. Holy Spirit, come and minister to each one of us, Lord. Teach us to live in truth and help us to love one another. And Lord, give us the discernment to be watchful, to be on guard, and to be alert always in the things that we are exposed to. Salamat, Panginoon, for this day that you have brought us. We surrender our lives to you. Let's just raise our hand and receive the benediction. May the Lord make your increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord, these words that we have received will be planted in our hearts and it will bear much fruit. Thank you, O God, for this day. And we're excited to have a wonderful time with our rest of the brethren, those on the East Coast, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, as we gather there, it's not just an event, Lord, but will be a wonderful experience of your presence. Salamat, Panginoon. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen, Amen. Praise the Lord.